What's new at Cold Wax Academy? Rebecca and Jerry launched their spring quarter on April 12th. This quarter sessions include identifying compositional issues in your work, technical information from Gamblin representative Mary Tevlin, a painting clinic for works in progress, and much more. As always, members can join in on live sessions with questions and comments and can benefit anytime by interacting with other members on our members-only Facebook page. With 100 recorded sessions in the member library, there is always something to learn or review with topics ranging from technical advice to visual language to guest speakers and critiques of member work. To learn more about membership and to purchase Cold Wax tools and Rebecca and Jerry's book, Cold Wax Medium, Techniques, Concepts, and Conversations, please visit coldwaxacademy.com. That's coldwaxacademy.com. All right, let's get into the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about dealing with rejection. It's never easy putting your work in front of others to be judged and scrutinized. But if you don't, it's very hard to gain a wider audience or grow as an artist. Submitting work to galleries, grant panels, juried shows, and competitions tends to become a routine part of what artists do. But for every time you're chosen for an opportunity, there are many more times when you are rejected or simply ignored. And despite the thick skins many of us develop, rejection is never easy. Today we'll talk about coping with rejection and try to gain some perspective on its inevitability. With me as always is Rebecca Kroll. Hello everyone. So one of the first things I thought of was this topic was that accepting that getting rejections is actually part of the process of your artistic development, your artistic career, um, is part of the process. And, And so you know, you're going to do it because it's important, but also as part of your practice, you know that sometimes things that you try to do as an artist fail. I mean, you try some new media or you try some new technique or process and you find it just doesn't work for you or, you know, some other idea that just falls flat, something goes wrong. And then you, you know, you pick yourself up, carry on. Um, And so if you can look at these sort of rejections as just another thing that you tried that didn't work out. I mean, maybe that's one way to look at it Um, because the alternative to that is um, this big stumbling block where you take rejection very personally. And that is a really tempting, um, easy thing to fall into because, of course, your art is personal. And so rejection can feel like you know, somebody putting down your basic true self that you've, you know, everything you've put into your work, they're saying, uh, no, I guess not, you know, so, and that's, that is hard. I mean, you can't avoid that that is hard on some level. So, you know, I guess typically kind of a, maybe a superficial sort of advice is to develop that thick skin and say, oh, well, you know, there's always a next time. And, so on and you know but that is really easier said than done <laughs> i think this is a tough issue because uh rejection is tied in with a lot of emotional and personal issues kind of 
the baggage that we have. Um, and this can include things like your perfectionism, maybe, or your insecurities, or that imposter syndrome we mentioned now and then. Or it might also involve uh, sort of at the other end of the spectrum, a sort of sense of entitlement, like, well, I'm great, I applied for this thing, I didn't get it. Um, so your own attitudes that you bring to it and, and your own sort of personal issues, it, it makes it complicated. Um, so as much as you can sort of peel back those kind of layers and try to get a clearer picture, that's that's helpful. But there's always going to be some of these sort of murky corners of your personality. And I guess one thing, you know, we can talk about today is how to try to separate your own personal issues from the reality of how the art world operates. Because the way the art world operates is nothing to do with you personally. <laughs> it's not personal. The art world has its own agenda. And, you know, that depends on what aspect of it you're you're dealing with but um but there but the judgments that are passed on your art as personal as your art is are are not personal about you and that's that's probably the biggest you know thing to try to understand um so uh it is it is very challenging and i think any objectivity that you can bring to it and i'm going to talk about some of the things that happen in the art world that, you know, can feel like a slap in the face, but they probably aren't. A lot of times when somebody uh, somebody makes an offhand remark and it's really not intended to 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 be hurtful. Um, and it's I, I think it's always a good idea to, to take a breath and try to have some try to look at things objectively before you have an emotional response. Mm -hmm. And it's, that's really difficult, you know, and the moment when you open that email and it says, you know, they always start like, well, we had, you know, a million applicants and we're very sorry to tell you that you didn't make the cut, you know, and they try to soften it with how many people applied. But you get that email or that thing in the mail and you have that moment when it feels like somebody said something really rude to you. <laughs> they didn't. I mean, it's just it's just a statement. Um, but it's that same sort of response, I think, that you feel emotionally as when somebody says something that's kind of rude to you so about some personal thing. Um, and I was, I was thinking about how what, at different stages of your art career, your art development, I think this experience changes a little bit. Um, is it more of a challenge when you're starting out? And I would say, in some ways, it is. Um, in other ways, there are issues that come up when you're a much more established artist that are different and also difficult. So it's kind of like there's always going to be these opportunities or these things that you are wanting to go for. And rejection can happen anytime. I guess unless you're actually a huge art star or something, then you're probably not dealing with this. But for the rest of us, yeah, we do deal with it. And I mean, when I look back at, I've been in the art world for a long time and in, in the sense of applying to galleries, to shows, all kinds of things. And I would say the phase of having a lot of rejections did come more at the beginning and it's a relatively short phase. It's it's that time when you're first 
really trying to push your work out there. And so you're applying to juried shows and galleries and just about, well, there's a phase where you're basically going for anything that comes your way. You know, you, you're just eager to get involved. And so there's going to be more rejections because you're applying to a lot of things. Um, but when you're a more established artist, there are still some pitfalls. And I think that later in your art career, when you've had some successes and some base, you know, you feel like you've got a resume, you've got things that have happened. And then, and then you have a higher expectation of being accepted when you do apply. It's almost a little sense of feeling entitled, like, okay, I've, you know, I've paid my dues. I have come this far. Um, you know, chances are pretty good. I'm going to get this thing. And what you, what you're not considering in that situation is um, what you're up against, really, that it's still a very highly competitive art world. And there are also still a lot of reasons to be rejected that are not strictly about your work. And I'm going to talk about those in a minute. Um, but uh, so when you're at that point, you may find yourself having a different sort of struggle when you when you get those rejections. And I, I would say at the same time, you're probably being really selective about what you do apply for because anytime you apply for anything, it takes a lot of time and energy to do it. Um, and I thought I'd mention a couple, of, I'm going to talk about a couple of my own recent rejections <laughs> just for fun. Um, and one of them I really felt excited about, and that was um, working with um, printmakers and at a, you know, at a well-regarded print facility, and they would work with the artist who was selected to produce um, lithographs or whatever type of print from their work. And that's something I've always found really interesting. And so, um, you know, I applied for it. I thought, oh, yeah, my, my work would be good for this, you know. Well, I didn't get in. I didn't get, I didn't get accepted. And, you know, it, it was, I was a little bit, a little bit sad because, I just saw it as such a great opportunity, um, but I think at the same time, it it was a signal to me that oh, this is something I'd like to do. So maybe there'll be another time when this opportunity will come along. And you know, it's like the fact that I applied for it sparked that interest, and so I don't see it as you know a negative thing overall. But you know, it, I didn't really love getting that email. And the other one was was um, a little bit more of a long shot. It was an event um, promoting New Mexico artists, and it was something like twelve New Mexico artists to watch, you know. And and so I applied, and and that one I wasn't. I kind of suspected that they were looking for more cutting edge um, art, or maybe more younger artists that were just starting to get noticed and things like that. So. That one was not a big surprise, or I, I guess I wasn't as invested in it as an idea. It was more just a promotional thing um, that, you know, I realized, oh, well, whatever. <laughs> it was worth sending some images off. Um, but, you know, I just mentioned those to say, this goes on. I don't apply for a lot of things these days just because, like I said, you know, I 
I have I want to be selective in terms of my time because any anything you apply for is going to want a statement. You know, you have to have images and fill out application forms and all that stuff. So, you know, it has to be something that is pretty appealing. Yeah, there's definitely. I mean, especially when there's a kind of an emotional toll that that takes place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, you really kind of need to be um, strategic about what you apply for. Um, mm-hmm. it, but by applying, I think that the more you do it, also the more you get used to it. <laughs> so yes, oh for it, sure. Yes. It may be that you know, the opposite approach is actually better. That, that if you just uh, if you apply for as many things or throw yourself out there as much as possible, eventually you don't get so concerned about being rejected. Right, and I think that's that's more the phase I was mentioning where it that's an important thing to go through as earlier in your career when you know there are a lot of opportunities uh, especially juried shows I guess aimed at people that are just getting established and so to accept that you if you want to if you want to get established and you know have some resume etc accept that there's a period of time where you have to devote a lot of time to that and yeah it does get easier because um you have bodies of work that you, you know, you have it all organized and you can just send it off. And it does get easier, perhaps emotionally, when you realize you're going to send out 10 things and maybe you'll get one, you know, and you just go into it with that attitude. And that's that's a phase of, a, of an art career that does, it starts to peter out after a while because you get things, you get into situations that are going to take more time, like let's say you do get into a gallery and now you know you're spending more time focused on your work to get it to the gallery and so on and so you you start to have commitments that uh, take up your time and so um, I do see it as you know sort of a curve where there's a lot in the beginning it tapers off um, but like I said the kind of emotional issues change and you have tend to have higher expectations of success the further you are um, in your career, at the same time having really sort of less time to devote to applying to things. So it's fewer things. (laughs) You may count on them more, and they may hurt a little more when they don't happen. Um, So, you know, that's just a little perspective. uh, If you're listening to this and you think, well, where am I on that? on that timeline, you know, uh, and to say rejection continues to happen. Um, and I think, I think there are also, as you're going, uh, you know, you've been doing this for a long time, you do get different perspectives that come with your experience, with your understanding about how things sort of operate in the art world. And I know that at this point, I understand this so much better than I did at the beginning. In the beginning, it's sort of, you look at these things as you win or you lose, you know, <laughs> like, oh, you get in the show or you don't, or you get in the gallery or you don't. And it's sort of um, a black and white situation that can be disturbing if you get all those no's, where if you've been involved for a while, you start to get more of a background understanding about, about how this stuff kind of works. Yeah, it's uh, it's something I think you only get from experience. Um, you know, there you as the more you do it, the the more you'll 
be able to to discern is is this uh you know a right uh, uh, risk to take um, how much risk is in this uh, and and your 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 emotional risk will become reduced um, but uh, in in terms of that decision making process the only way you can you can learn is by doing it right and and to pay attention to what you you can learn from other artists as well um, and their experiences and to notice certain patterns and and things that ha- happen uh, as a result of a jurying process or a selection process is there a financial cost involved with with any of these uh places mm-hmm. where you might uh put your work out there oh yeah especially juried shows they always almost always charge a fee it's usually I don't know. If you submit submit three images, it's probably going to be ten to fifteen dollars for each image, and then there's the cost of getting the work to the show. You know, if you have shipping costs, framing costs, anything like that. So juried shows tend to be the ones that that require the most money. If you're applying for a grant or you're applying to a gallery, it it probably not going to cost you anything, and certainly shouldn't cost you anything to apply to a gallery. Uh, sometimes residency programs ask for a fee as well, so yeah, there's a little there's a little financial risk there too. Is are there any uh, any of these programs or um, you know opportunities uh, that you think are are better for people who are first starting out? Um, the jury shows I think are the best um, the best way to get established. And there are so many. I mean, you can get on um, different, there's different lists online that will send you an email every week saying, here's the opportunities that are available this week. And you scroll through there. Now, some of them will be restricted by region or some other thing. But, you know, if if you're ready to dive into that, you'll have no end of things that you can apply for. And that is a really, I think it's the way, it's a really good way. And I think it's the way that most people start to get exhibition experience, start to build a resume. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just, it's sort of a phase. Like I said, you go through that and you, you sort of, then you sort of get out of it when, once you start finding things that really work for you. Yeah, of course, it's if they, if there's a cost associated with that, it's not like you can apply to every single one of them though. Mm. No, you'd have to budget what what you yeah. felt like you could afford, and then there's always this thing where if you get in, you're all excited, and then, oh wow, now I have to prepare the work, I have to ship the work, I have to ship the work back. Usually, it's it's usually all on the artist, and it. So it, I remember when I was doing a lot of juried shows that there was this, um, the elation of getting in, and then the reality of what was involved with. <laughs> getting getting if it's if it's something you have to ship to not a, a local show the reality of what was involved with that was a bit overwhelming <laughs> it, it, well in our our topic today is is dealing with rejection uh not right. dealing with acceptance we we've covered this on uh trade shows on a True couple enough. other yeah but yeah is, is there a way that you can kind of determine is if there is if you have a better chance or um places yeah. where you're better off putting your efforts in terms of these jury right. shows Yes, and usually there is, um, it, it's a little hard to really know, but there should be juror information. And um, I think you can, if you research the juror a little bit, and I think that's a, 
that's a good way to know kind of where they're coming from. Now, hopefully the jurors are going to be open-minded enough to look at different types of work than their own. But, um, you know, if they're, if they're a professional and maybe from a museum or something, then you probably have a better chance. Um, but anyway, there's a lot, there's a lot more to say about all that. Um, uh, I will get into in a minute. Uh, well, let's take a minute to uh, see what deals are available from Blick. Right now, Utrecht Imperfect oil paint tubes and cans are up to 70% off at Blick. Blick is clearing out imperfect tubes of Utrecht artist oil paints. This is your chance to stock up on these professional quality oil paints at incredible sale prices. Limited quantities available while supplies last. All sales are final. If you haven't bought these before, these are the same high-quality Utrecht Artist Oils. They're just in tubes or cans that have gotten dented, um, and so they're they're being sold at a massive discount, basically just because the packaging isn't perfect. Prized by professionals for their brilliant color, rich texture, outstanding light fastness, and excellent long-term performance, Utrecht has been handcrafting these fine artist oil colors in Brooklyn, New York for over 50 years. High pigment concentrations guarantee superior tinting strength and remarkable vibrancy straight from the tube. So to get those Utrecht imperfect oil paint tubes and cans at up to 70% off, please remember to use our affiliate link, which is, of course, MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick. That takes you straight through to the regular Blick website, but when you use our affiliate link, Blick will donate a very generous 10% to the Messy Studio Podcast. It costs you nothing, it's easy, and it makes a huge difference to us. So once again, that's MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick. All right, let's get back into it. Okay, so... Um, I would start by saying, you know, backing off a little bit from just the juried shows, but saying if you're looking at different things or you're thinking about putting yourself out there and, and wondering about it, um, and let's say that you have received a rejection and you've, you've sort of gone through the process, um, you've received a rejection and realizing that competitive situations that you have put yourself into tend to have a certain focus and that focus may not be obvious to you when you're applying like you were asking you know you have a better chance if you research the juror and so on but there will be things that are not obvious um, because you probably don't really know what what the gallery or the program or the exhibit or the grant is wants to do in order to further their own goals and so the emphasis on, well, why are they doing this? They are doing this for a particular reason. They're looking for artists to fulfill a certain um, part of their own agenda. And that's where it really helps to know that it's not personal. I'm not saying you're never rejected because your work isn't up to par. Sometimes that's the case. But there is this other thing going on. So, so let's say for a gallery, um, it's all about whether they perceive your work as marketable and if they can sell it um, to their clientele. And, you know, that's, that's absolutely their bottom line. They may love your work, but if they don't think they can sell it, that's it. Um, things like uh, grant programs, um, they tend to, I, I think they tend to want to select people that they feel will have the most effect for their program. So, 
it's kind of like what audience do they want to serve? And that, that may be obvious from what, as you research, or it may not be. They, they may be focused on a particular population for this particular opportunity, say um, uh, an older population or a younger population or something based on ethnicity or geography or whether you're an emerging artist or well-known artist. I mean, there's all these different factors that you may not be aware of when you go into it. And, and they probably are not that transparent about it, but it has to do with the organization and what they, you know, what are their goals? What are they trying to achieve with this? Um, with juried shows, um, again, you know, you can find out about the juror, but what you may not know from their background is how do they want to focus the show? So let's say they're getting hundreds of, uh, hundreds of entries and as they look through them, they start to see a theme maybe or, a, or a pattern or an idea that is going to pull the show together because ideally a juried show has some sort of, um, you know, basis to it. It's not just a bunch of random things thrown together. So, the juror, as they look at what has been entered, may decide on a direction or a focus. Um, and there may also be things like, do they want to be really inclusive of all kinds of work in the show and really show diversity in the kind of work? Or, you know, are they going for, let's say, you know, a, a more formal kind of work or a more expressive kind of work? You don't really know um, going into it. So, all those things, like I keep saying, you don't really know. Well, you don't. And so when you get that rejection, um, you have to remember that there are things going on that are have nothing to do with your work. And so I think that's that's one of the most valuable uh, perceptions to have. And, and again, it sort of comes with experience, with kind of being aware of what happens in the art world. It comes from going to jury shows and seeing... Um, if there's, you know, a thread that runs through all the work, um, it comes from seeing who's accepted in an artist's residency. Um, if you were rejected, you know, is there something these other people are doing that you're not doing? That sort of thing. And it, it's not a judgment on what you do. It's just that selection process because all of this stuff is really competitive and there will be many, uh, many applicants. So, um, I think how how can you sort of mm, uh, sort of guard yourself from being caught up in this personal rejection feeling is um, a few things. I think one of the biggest things is to, to believe in your own work, to have confidence in your own work. And when you you recognize you're entering a situation with where you may be rejected, and so um, you know just trying to tell yourself, hey, I'm proud of my work, and if it's not selected, that's okay. Um, obviously, the more you're accepted, probably the more confidence you have. So this is tough at the beginning, I think, to have that sort of confidence in these competitive situations. Um, I think it also helps to be humble. <laughs> like, don't have it, try not to have any assumptions about being chosen. Um, you know, there are many other people going for the same thing here. There's a f attitude of acceptance. Uh, um, this ups and downs, part of your art life, part of your art career. And, uh, you know, we've all heard stories about 
people that ended up being successful and how many times they were rejected, whether it's an inventor, a scientist, a, a writer, an artist, everybody who has uh, achieved success will have also had many rejections. And I, I think that's a good thing to keep in mind too. Um, and, you know, personally, um, I think when, when you come across an opportunity trying to figure out is this worth putting myself on the line like is this a worth a risk worth taking as you mentioned earlier knowing you could be rejected so the key to that to me is to understand your own motivations for for doing this application this one the one you're looking at does it fit with your own goals if you are accepted how is that going to help you um and it might be things like um, resume building, or there's some artistic opportunity that just fits in with what you want. Maybe it's an artist residency or a printmaking program where they're going to print your work, whatever it is. Um, maybe you want to reach beyond your your geographic boundaries, so you're you're applying to things that take you outside your home region. Uh, maybe if it's a grant, it could be financial reasons why you want to apply for it. So these are all, you know, really good, valid reasons to to make this effort. But the the flip side of that, I would say, don't enter things just to prove yourself. Because if you see um, rejection or acceptance as black and white, um, I think rejection will undermine you. If you see it as this is this is validating me or this is invalidating me, whether I get in or whether I don't get in. Um, you're counting on that acceptance to validate you and you're crushed by the rejection because it's not really about anything but, you know, I want to win. <laughs> and that, that seems like an obviously bad choice to make when you're applying for things. But I think it's often an underlying belief. Um, and you may not be aware of it. I mean, it's not terribly logical, but it's, I think emotionally, and we talked about some of these emotional factors, it can definitely play in there, especially if you feel you're in competition with other artists. Maybe you know an artist that was accepted into this program or this residency or this gallery, and competition kicks in, and you think, um, and, and not good competition, but more like envy or jealousy, I suppose. Well, I'm going to do that. I'm going to prove that I can do that too. And that's just not good motivation. I'm sorry. I think that really interferes with your true goals, your what you really want. So I I kind of think of it like these these things are not like earning gold stars, you know. <laughs> what you're trying to do is further your own goals and your professional things that you want to do and doesn't have to do with anybody else and it doesn't have to do with proving yourself uh, if you get accepted. So uh, as you go forward with these things, I think it really helps to be aware of your, I don't know, your state of mind, I suppose. Your, how involved are you with the outcome? How much are you counting on the outcome? I think it's human nature to pin hope on these things. Um, and, you know, you may think you have a really good chance, and you may, but you may also be getting that no. <laughs> and I guess a bit of advice that I've heard and I, I try to follow myself is that 
as soon as you submit for something and you send it off, just put it out of your mind. <laughs> like, you know, that way you're not wondering about it. You're not stewing about it. It's just going to be one way or the other. It's out of your hands. And so I find that sort of clarity is helpful. Um, you made the decision to apply. You did. And now it's going to, you're ready for whatever comes. Um, and if you do get that no and you get that rejection, um, think about, uh, is there another, if, if that application was based on a real goal, something you really want, is there another way to get there? Is there another gallery that would work just as well for you? Is there another path you can take? Maybe, maybe you applied for an artist's residency and you weren't accepted. Um, and then you look at another one, or maybe you plan your own um, trip to explore and make art. And I think it's, I think in that way, these applications can help you see what you would like to do. You know, it sort of clarifies, actually brings it into focus. If it's something you got really excited about and you got rejected, okay, how can I make that happen anyway? Yeah, it, I think not giving up, not taking no as for an answer, at least in a in a permanent sense, mm -hmm. uh, is is just such a an important. Uh, kind of psychological skill, you know, or a, it, definitely. A, a mindset and attitude, you know, it's, uh, yeah. you don't, you don't let stuff knock you down. You know, you pick yourself back up and you try again. I know. And there's so many cliches about it. Like, Oh, one door. I just said about four of them opens. right there. <laughs> I know. And yet, you know, cliches often have a lot of truth. in them. It's just, I think there maybe the reason there are so many cliches is that we all deal with this in some way. I mean, whether it's personal relationships, job stuff, art stuff, um, it's never easy. Well, do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode? Yeah, I would just say there's a <laughs> letting rejection affect you too much. There's a danger in that because obviously you can get discouraged. You can allow rejection to affect your, your self-image as an artist, um, your identification with your work. Um, and if you, if you perceive it as a personal rejection, that's going to have a lot of repercussions for you. So I think if you allow it to become personal, it just is very confusing. It, can, it just keeps you from having that, that clarity about what it is that you want. And I think knowing how extremely common it is for artists at every stage, unless, like I said, you're some kind of big art rock star. Um, all artists are commonly rejected by for, for different things. And so that says to me that this is the way things work. Um, this is the way the art world works. And so your, uh, you know, your job is to figure out what's going to be helpful to you, what you really want, go for it, and then figure out, you know, how to deal with the inevitable rejections. Um, and then, yeah, pick yourself up, keep going, all those cliches. It's, it's absolutely true. All right. Well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please go to MessyStudioPodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as Rebecca's public profile page. For more from Rebecca Kroll, check out RebeccaKroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at ColdWaxAcademy.com. 
be sure to sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. For more from myself, Ross Tickner, check out rosstickner.com. The Messy Studio is a Tick Digital Media production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. Until then, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.